0: On That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language.
1: On Friday, December twentieth, 1991, Hazel's show came home to every parent's worst nightmare. Her 16-year-old daughter, Lori, was laying in her bedroom floor, brutally attacked, covered in blood, with a rope wound around her neck. Hazel did what most parents would do in a panic, she cut the rope. In doing so, she saw the five-inch gash across Lori's throat. She had already screamed for a neighbor to call 911, and in the last few minutes that Lori lived, she made sure that Hazel knew exactly who did this to her. Welcome to That Dead Body Show, Episode 4, The Stalking and Murder of Lori Show.
0: Finally. Sorry for the delay, guys.
1: Yeah, life happens. Our uh, youngest child started middle school yesterday and immediately went to football practice, so we're behind. So, for most people, when you hear stalking, you think of a male stalking a female or a female stalking a male... In this case, we actually have a female who stalks another female and harasses her and pretty much torments her for about six months before she's murdered. In the last moments of Lori's life, she told her mom Michelle did it. She repeated it several times and then went on to say love you until she died.
0: Michelle was Lisa Michelle Lambert, who went by Michelle.
1: Exclusively.
0: Had dated a young man, Lawrence. They called him Butch Youngkin.
1: According to several of Lori's friends, they never really dated. Previously, Michelle and Lori had kind of hung out. And because they were hanging out, Lori and Lawrence had met.
0: Michelle had picked people to be her friends to surround herself with, I guess I should say. People who weren't as popular as other people. People who were might not be as, as attractive or clicky as some people might be.
1: The underdogs. The underdogs,
0: yes. The Bad News Bears. She, she was friends with the Bad News Bears, and she and Lori Laurie. had hung out.
1: So, at the beginning of July, when Michelle and Butch go on the outs for a few days, which, you know, at that age is typical, Lori is Lawrence's go-to em- friend.
0: Emotional tampon.
1: So, they hang out a couple of times at the beginning of July, and on the second time that they hang out, according to Lori, he date rapes her. Within a couple days of all of that, they get back together and it's discovered that Michelle is pregnant. And that's when the bullying starts.
0: Because she finds out that Lori had had sex with Butch. Even though it was forced. I'm not sure that he let her know that or not. But she should have known since he date raped her on one of their early dates. And that's
1: fucked up.
0: That is very fucked
1: So, in the beginning of July, all of this is happening. She immediately tells her mom, Lori does, she immediately tells her mom that this happens, but that she doesn't want to press charges because she's afraid that it will make Michelle even more angry.
0: Little does she know, Michelle is there. She's at that point, and she starts accosting Lori and her mom in public,
1: in the beginning of July, she shows up at the mall where Lori works and shoves her into a wall and screams at her that she's a whore.
0: Was that in the dress shop where she worked at the mall? That was
1: outside of it, Outside yes. of. Like, you know how back in the day in the early 90s, malls had the, like, stone walls? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, in August, uh, she approached both uh, Hazel and Lori and came up, well, this is according to Hazel, came up screaming all kind of obscenities which I can only imagine was probably your daughter's a whore. And to her, that would be obscenities. At this point, Hazel tells Michelle, look, he raped her. And if you don't stop with all the harassment, we're going to press charges. Indeed, what Michelle didn't know is that on July 31st, she had already told the police and made a report that he had raped her.
0: So this harassment goes on from August until about November. Uh, she starts calling on their home phone.
1: She's got smart enough to not physically be there and, and assault her verbally or physically, but she would but, call.
0: And she and if you if you answer, she just screams obscenities into the phone pretty How, much.
1: Yeah, she she kept telling Hazel that Lori had ruined her and the unborn baby's life. Which, for I can't figure out how Lori ruined their life when her baby daddy is the one who raped Lori. But that just goes to show that her thinking and her mental state was not at 100% to me.
0: And she's she, if you don't answer, she just lets the phone ring. And then when it, when it stops ringing, she hangs up and she calls back. At, at some point, even if you don't have a voicemail, the phone will stop ringing. Uh, it's minutes. I forgot that. It will. Yeah, and it goes to the... <laughs> sounds right.
1: During this time, Hazel changes their phone number, I think twice. Yes. I know at least once for sure.
0: So, so she changed the phone number, and then come November, just before Thanksgiving...
1: Lori was, um, Lori was in the parking lot hanging out with some friends, and Michelle, just a very pregnant Michelle, shows up and takes her by her hair and slams her head into the truck cab with the people she was standing beside and commences to just pretty much
0: Beaten, beating hell out of her.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was trying to find a nice way to say it, but no, she was just beating hell out of her.
0: Lori's mom later would say that, that uh, Lori wouldn't, wouldn't hit her because she was pregnant. She wouldn't fight back because she was pregnant. But Brandy always says
1: you're not pregnant in your face.
0: So, yeah. Uh, they aren't pregnant in their face, and if she's putting her baby in that position, don't hurt the baby, but
1: punch, punch her in, in their face. face. Yeah. Um, also, on this night, she tells Lori and other people that are around that she's not going to hesitate to kill her if she needs to, to get her out of the way, because she's going after Lawrence for the rape charges. And
0: And, and does tell her, if something happens to my baby...
1: Yeah, I will kill you.
0: I will kill you.
1: Except for she's the one who's going and physically assaulting this girl. Right. So, if something happens to her baby, whose fault is it again? So, during this assault, Michelle tells Lori, if you report this to the police, I'll kill you. So, pretty much, suck it up, buttercup. When Hazel finds out, even with the threat that Michelle just laid out for them, she calls the police and files a report or assault. They don't get around to even trying to investigate this until December 16th.
0: There was a warrant out for her, her arrest, arrest.
1: For this beating. But they
0: were not able to find her.
1: They were not able to find her because she had dropped out of school and moved in with Butch.
0: I mean, at this point, she's 20 years old.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, if what she's the still the fuck was, sco- was she
1: still doing in school There's at
0: 20? Maybe we should make Dexter our mascot.
1: Right,
0: since he's in every episode,
1: he does say "bork." I know he says "bork." He's tiny. Okay, so
0: there's there's an arrest warrant for for Michelle, and they're not able to find her.
1: And she, at some point, goes. Uh, she sees one of Lawrence's friends in public, and you know, like just in passing, maybe at the store. But he he will later testify that. He, she flat out says, look, I'm fixing to have her taken care of. I'm fixing to hurt her, you know, just ranting and raving. At this point, she's almost seven months pregnant. She says, you know, look, Lori's trying to take down Lawrence for rape and me for assault.
0: And, and I'm going to deal with it.
1: Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I've had four children and by the seventh month, I can barely breathe, much less walk, so I cannot imagine deciding at seven months pregnant that I was going to go deal with anything other than going to bed.
0: I, rem- I remember it,
1: that. Exactly. <laughs> you had to actually flip me over with Hunter.
0: Yeah. yeah we thought he was twins or...
1: Gigantor.
0: Gigantor. was his name before he was
1: born. I mean, I can't even imagine getting into actual physical altercation that I didn't have to at that point. Like, honestly. So, Any Anybody who's ever been pregnant, I just can't see it. They're all going to be shaking their heads like this.
0: So we're up to December 19th, the night before the murder. That that evening, I believe, uh, Lori's mom got a, got a phone call that was from the counselor that said, could you meet me tomorrow morning? Uh, there's something that happened with Lori outside the gym. And even though Lori didn't take Jim, she could, I guess, have been there. She uh, she said she, she would be there that, that next day at the high school at 7.30. Then, uh, like, 30 minutes later, she gets another phone call mm. that says, I'm not going to be at the high school. I'm going to be at the middle school. Could you meet me there at 7? And I actually have a theory about that, that she had been told to be there at 7.30. And if you're going to be at the high school at 7.30, Lori would have rode with her. Yeah. So,
1: if I was going to have to meet any of the kids' teachers, I would say... Okay, just get it ready. I'll just take you.
0: I mean, so at 7, but 7 o'clock and going to the elementary school, Lori was still getting ready at that point, actually. Her mother said when she left that she was getting ready.
1: Right. So, in the beginning, you know, we told you that she had arrived home to find her. In the weeks leading up, she did not want to leave Lori alone or, you know, let her go anywhere by herself. So, I still question that. Like, like, like Douglas just said, you know, why not just get her ready and take her with her?
0: I think it's because it was so early. That's why. And I think that the, the, they thought of it when they made that phone call because, as it turns out, there was no counselor meeting that morning and they had no idea who had scheduled it because they didn't not just have a scheduled meeting with her, they didn't have a scheduled meeting at that time with anyone.
1: Right. So, so. Hazel goes and shows up and... Just stands there and waits for people to get there.
0: I think she finally leaves a note that says, hey, I was here. If yeah. it's important, call me. <laughs>
1: I mean... I would be so livid. Oh,
0: you, you know I would be,
1: right? I mean, yeah. I
0: mm-hmm. Especially getting up that early.
1: In the days leading up to the attack, Michelle had enlisted a new girl, a young 15-year-old Tabitha Buck, they had spent the night before, you know, feeding each other back and forth, trying to get each other more stirred up against, you know, Lori and, you know, let's go do this and we're going to do this. And that's when they called uh, Hazel to set up the fake appointment. So the next morning around 630, they pick up Tabitha and Lawrence drops them off the street over from Laurie's house. While Hazel's at the school.
0: And he goes to McDonald's. Right. He, at 6.50. And and waits there for them to open at 7.
1: Right. And, and he so says. he's the
0: first person. He's got yeah. an alibi. He's.
1: They're going to remember the guy. Uh,
0: that was waiting at the door. With you a know, mullet. Everybody's going to remember the guy waiting at the door when you're ready to open. With a mullet. With a mullet. Not just a mullet. That was a. That was. Ooh, full on party curtain. Like party in the room. I would this definitely. I
1: feel like I would definitely remember him. Yeah, anyway, yeah. he tells the police that he's only there for maybe 15 minutes, because you have to imagine he was the first order most likely, so it kind of took him a minute, you know, to have it ready. When
0: it he... 7.15, he's walking out, driving back. Right. To pick them up at 7.30. He was supposed to pick them up at 7.30.
1: Right. And they weren't there. And they were not there. They weren't there because Tabitha had went up and knocked on the door, getting Lori to open the door, and she asked if Hazel was there, and Lori was like, No. Because she didn't know who Tabitha was. You know, that's why they sent Tabitha up.
0: She was a new girl.
1: Right. And so, she asks again.
0: Yeah, and as she's going
1: to close the door. Tabitha puts her foot in the door.
0: And busts in.
1: Well, Tabitha puts her foot in the door because she doesn't quite, I think at this point, honestly, I really believe that she didn't think it was going to go this far. Because when she puts her foot in the door, that's when Michelle does bust in the door. Right. And jumps on her.
0: I think they'd said that, yeah, so she she thought, still, at this point, I believe that they were just going to mm-hmm. cut her hair, scare her.
1: You know, I mean, torment right. her. Pretty right. much bully her into thinking that she wasn't anything and the whole nine that bullies like to do. However, Lori ran pretty fast to her bedroom, and when they got there, Michelle told her, hold this bitch's feet. So she turns. she's holding her feet. And she, ta- you know, she, like, turns around because she's at her feet, and that's when she says she saw Lori grab the phone. Tabitha sees Lori with the phone. Right, right. And she doesn't know what she's going to do with it, so she tells Michelle she's got a phone. And that's when they put the, or that's when she, Michelle puts the rope around her neck. I guess, trying to get her to stop. Had had
0: they stabbed her in the back at this point? Because she had one stab wound in the back, which punctured her lung.
1: I don't think so. Because at this point, I feel like, as we already said, Tabitha thought this was just going to be like a, you know, maybe with scissors cutting her hair, not a knife, so to speak. And so, when she has the phone, that's... She tries to put the rope around her neck, kind of like to hold her down. And that's when Lori starts fighting her and you know fighting pretty hard i'm sure
0: right right she had defensive wounds on her hand from, from which i'm you as
1: know well. and and this is about to sound harsh but i wonder if at this point with two people there one holding her feet if she finally decided fuck this bitch she's not pregnant in her face because she fought hard
0: I mean, yeah, you have to believe they've busted in the house. It's a home right. invasion. She knows
1: at this point now it's not going to be like, I'm at the truck and I got my head knocked into the truck. But I don't know at what point, because there are such alternating versions of when she gets stabbed. At this point, supposedly, she's fighting and the rope's around her neck and then she tries to get away. So I think that's when she gets stabbed after the rope's already there in the back.
0: Which I'm not sure really how she stabbed her because the knife that is is there is a bread knife. It is a bread knife. And Don't
1: we have a bread knife? We the one bread... that's like the... Yeah,
0: with the blunt end. and I mean, it doesn't have a pointed end, really. I mean, I guess you can shove anything through anything if you push hard enough.
1: But you got to stop and think, okay? She's seven months pregnant, so she's already hormonal. And she's already got it in her head all of these months that Lori's ruined her life. And that this is all Lori's fault. And that's seven months of rage. Whether or not it was well-placed or not, because I feel like Lawrence raped her, it was not well-placed.
0: She she should have been mad at Lawrence, but but I think he would have beat her ass. I really think that was an abusive relationship.
1: No, I do too. I think she... Any,
0: any relationship that starts off with date rape right. in the early days? I
1: think that she blamed Lori because she didn't have the nutsack to go and be mad at Lawrence. So she, it had to be Lori who came onto him and in her head ruined her life. That's the way I see it anyway. So, looking at and reading the autopsy report, Lori fought really hard. She had 21 cuts to her hands. To me, that, I mean, 21 cuts, that's a lot. She was fighting. She was trying to push her off. Um, she was, she had three cuts in her back, one which penetrated her right lung, and two in her neck, including the... Slash. Yeah, the slash that her mom later would find. And she was also, had a cut to her thigh, which penetrated to to her pelvis.
0: I I think there may have been a knife that didn't get found.
1: I'm thinking so, too, because... I mean,
0: just Google bread knife. I mean... They're not sharp.
1: Well, I mean, once once they finally start interrogating, you know, they finally fess up to the fact that they threw evidence, you know, bags of evidence in different places. So and
0: I guess if you get one like that it can be sharp. Like that.
1: No, see the one see, that ours
0: we is more ours is more like this.
1: Yeah. Right. I don't and know, but look at the temple on way that way. though. Yeah. I mean,
0: I guess so, I guess so, okay.
1: I mean, if you're mad enough...
0: True, true. But yeah, she did saw her neck, though. Like, it wasn't a clean cut.
1: So, well, that would be consistent with that to right, me. Right. Obviously, right. we are like not doctors. Loaf of, like, yeah. Sawing
0: it like a loaf of bread.
1: I mean, we're obviously not forensic... Pathologists or what. Yeah, whatever. we're not We're not Dexter that over here. That huge. How long is that? Oh See, that's the kind of Betsy had right there. 10-inch cake. Okay, he so, uh, was a cake knife, But yeah. we
0: digest.
1: Right. <laughs> um, but see, to go and see, that was, would you say, 10 inches? Right. So for it to go through her thigh, so that would be like here, up right. to her pelvis. Right. It would have to be something like that.
0: So a wound to her thigh, if Tabitha was holding her legs, that, I mean, I'm just, this is like just uh, totally just putting this out there, that could have been from her.
1: I mean, right. could have. I mean, you think about it. You're holding somebody's legs.
0: If I had done it.
1: Right, O.J. If you... (laughs) Right. So, you're holding somebody's legs, and at this point, you figured the fuck out that this is not going to be just a prank, and this bitch is kicking, and you know it's gone too far. I mean, think about it. How would Michelle have done that if she's up here choking her with a rope and stabbing her in her neck?
0: No, later on, one of them would say that... uh, they slit her throat to put her out of her misery because they had stabbed her in her back already. And she couldn't breathe. And she couldn't breathe, so they were helping to take her on to the other side. Here's some pennies for your eyes.
1: That is the... What? Oh, my Jesus. Okay. Wow. Yeah, here's the here's the part where it says the slash wing to the throat was a result of at least three strokes. Yeah, so... <laughs> This is just not well thought out.
0: (laughs) Not to mention it was a knife that matched other knives in Michelle's home.
1: Michelle's or Lori's?
0: Michelle's. The knife she brought with her. That's just fucking
1: stupid. Well, at least it made it easier for her to get caught. So, it takes maybe what 10 15 minutes Lori's mom will later testify that she gets back between 7:20 7.20 and 7:25 and that a neighbor stops her busybody yeah and here's the thumping and yelling coming from the apartment and says something was going on in your apartment and hazel just knows i don't think she knew that but i think she thought maybe they had you know yelled and screamed at each other
0: well, I I, I think I, I saw an interview with her. She said she thought it was you know it was just Lori was just being a teenager. She might have had on some music or something.
1: Right up until I think. Right. Obviously, she but gets there. This
0: busybody neighbor, who any other time would have investigated, didn't. Didn't. But someone did go on to later testify they saw two
1: people people
0: of, of about the same height right. leaving the scene, which. Totally, pretty much put took Butch out of the picture. Right. So he was, he was, he was at McDonald's as he says he was. But
1: see, I I think he really was at McDonald's, and I think he thought that they were both just talking shit. I don't, I don't think he really thought they were going to kill her.
0: But the night before, he had told people at his work that he wouldn't be back because he oh, was going right. to kill a girl. He was going to be in jail for killing someone.
1: These people are done. But
0: her mom got back that soon. They had to have just left. They were supposed to be picked up at 7.30.
1: Right. And so when he got there, they weren't there. And he had to, I think, make a loop or so. You know, and come back. Right, right. He,
0: He says he drove by twice because they weren't there.
1: While this is going on two streets over, Hazel has walked inside and found Lori laying on her floor covered in blood. And like we told you earlier, this is when she cuts the rope. Now, because it was so tightly wound around her neck, my question is, do you think that the rope around her neck is what was keeping her
0: from bleeding out?
1: Right. I mean, because Hazel didn't know that she was gashed open, so she would have thought, you know, they tried to hang her or strangle her. I'm going to help her by cutting the rope. Right, right.
0: You can't start CPR until you clear the air. airway right
1: <laughs> which i mean and there was blood around but that could have been from the other stab wounds and maybe lori's hands you know from flinging her hands around and fighting so it's not like she knew the her throat was cut or
0: it could have been someone else's blood
1: well true true police arrive around 7 45 a.m and the medics have already been there working on her but it's a lost cause she's bled out
0: she's yeah she's unable to be resuscitated but her mom did tell the police uh, her dying words were, Michelle did it, I love you.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty sad to me, knowing that they knew that she had just beat Lori up a few days ago and threatened to kill her, and enough effort just wasn't putting it, put into finding her.
0: Right. So they, they did, um, I guess, double their effort of nothing, to double nothing,
1: and, and found her at
0: A bowling alley within a few hours.
1: With Tabitha and...
0: With Tabitha and Youngkin.
1: Right. Upon seeing Tabitha, though, she had scratch marks on her face. And when asked what happened at the bowling alley, Michelle answers for her and says that they had been into a physical altercation with a group of Hispanic girls. Of course, everybody's story will quickly change and... At the police station, Lawrence tells them that the night before, he took Michelle to go buy two ski masks and some rope. That the next morning, they go to get Tabitha, and she dressed in his clothes because she was almost seven months pregnant. Now, can you imagine being seven months pregnant and deciding, I'm going to go cut this girl up?
0: Because she had obviously already decided it was going to happen.
1: I mean, yeah, I think she knew. I'm... I just think she was so rage filled and probably
0: maybe a little I mean I don't want to I don't want to be the man and be like hormones but No. 7 I remember you 7 months pregnant.
1: I would cut you.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: I think I threatened to cut you more than once. I mean, and so imagine being angry cuz you think this girl's rude in your life.
0: So they've got all three of them at the police station, and, and Yunkin, knowing he has an alibi, he quickly turns and gets a, a, an offer of a plea deal where he'll serve like three years in jail, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and all he has to do is tell, tell the, the truth, truth and, and give testimony against the, the two girls who they are pretty proof positive that they did it.
1: Michelle gives a couple of versions, and one of it she says that Tabitha did it and she was just so scared she just stood there and didn't know what to do and then she ran from the apartment. Um and
0: that and one of the versions she met Yunkin downstairs and he said, Go to the car and I'll take care of it. And
1: shoved her down.
0: And right. And then went upstairs supposedly and closed Which the door. Which I don't
1: believe he ever went upstairs. I do not believe he ever I'm not he saying was, he was innocent. I think he stirred them up. I don't believe that
0: he had time.
1: No seriously. If no, he I was I don't at either.
0: McDonald's at seven from seven to about seven fifteen.
1: No, she just flat out knew she was.
0: While Michelle is incarcerated, she sends a list of questions that are just weirdly worded. It came to be known as the 29 questions. And they were just worded in this way, almost like those tests where they give you the question and the way it's worded. And if you just read it, you're like, oh, yeah, A, but it's not A. It's the exact opposite from A. So she's asking him things like, if I take the blame for you, will I get off with less time? And he answered yes. I guess thinking just about the if I take the blame part, yeah. not the for you part. So mm. he says that he didn't answer these questions, and a, a forensic handwriting expert said yes, you did. And it was proved that he did. And he lost his plea Pleadial. deal because of that.
1: So he went, I believe he ended up getting. What was it, 11 years? 10 or
0: 11 years. Yeah. So, of, out. The,
1: of the three of them, he got the least time.
0: Well, I mean, he did the least, really. I right. mean, other than starting the whole thing by raping Lori.
1: Right. Lambert was tried for first degree murder and was given life without parole. Tabitha Buck was convicted of second degree murder and criminal conspiracy and originally got life without parole,
0: but, but- appealed last year and was granted 28 years to to life. life
1: thanks to the Supreme Court ruling that we talked about in our first episode she is actually up for her first parole hearing in I believe December of 2019 now on to more fuckery because in 1997 Michelle Lambert claims that she should be granted a new trial because she was framed by several cops who originally gang raped her back in 1991. Somebody believes her and they actually give her a federal
0: habeas corpus hearing.
1: The judge in her trial actually overturns the original conviction, citing prosecutorial misconduct and actually bars Pennsylvania from retrying her at all.
0: But the state of Pennsylvania said that that violated their state's rights because she hadn't presented her evidence to them, even though she had requested a hearing and had been denied.
1: Right. So, she had not exhausted her state appeals. So,
0: her state appeal attorney was the same attorney who sentenced her in the first case. So Which, which I, I think
1: is a little fucked up. That is a little I mean, I'm not saying she deserved like, a retrial. Yes, I
0: think this judge was wrong. Oh, wait, it was me. me.
1: Just kidding. So, in her third trial in May of 1998, she does get, like he just said, she does go back to her original judge, and he says even if he did believe her, she would have still been found guilty as an accessory.
0: The, uh, and in a, in a, like, 300-page document he wrote, I believe. Yeah.
1: He was, he was not having it. I mean, and he
0: did say that there were some, some small, minor problems that the police handled, handled wrong. But he it did. didn't affect the fact that she was freaking guilty.
1: And that she was freaking there. Right. And that she right. freaking started it. That she would have still, either way, no matter what, she would have been found guilty of murder just by participating at all.
0: Uh, he did uh, get out of prison. and In he, 2003. Right. And he moved from Lancaster. Or La- is it Lancaster? Yeah, he
1: moved from Lancaster, yeah. which is actually very close to Amish. Like the Amish area. Right. But, and in a lot of the articles that I read on this... Um, everybody started, you know, because she was a bleached blonde when this shit happened. Oh, right. So, when she went to court, she had brown hair. To me, that
0: screams guilty. To me, that when you change, I mean, I understand you don't get access to things in prison like hair bleach and all of that. Well, and
1: she also changed her eye color from brown to blue. her eyebrows
0: were on fleek, okay?
1: Yeah, in the interview, she had makeup on and everything. She was dolled (laughs) up.
0: Right, right. Ugh. Like, I don't I was, know
1: what we're doing. Orange is the New Black, apparently. I don't know. It,
0: I'm sorry. I, I was thinking the, the what, Caged Heat.
1: I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm a
0: B-movie person.
1: Well, I've never even watched Orange is the New Black,
0: so. <laughs> Start with Caged Heat.
1: Yeah. So, a little side update on what happened afterwards. Um, in 1991, Hazel lobbied for stronger stalking laws, or stronger anti-stalking laws in Pennsylvania, which Lori's murder helped push forward, that were signed into effect in June of 1993. Lawrence Youngkin was released in 2003, and although he is free, he has chosen to leave his and Michelle's daughter alone, stating that she grew up without him and doesn't really know him at all. Um, and I have to... Nowhere did I find that it says that he was talked about, you know, like, that he, that the daughter knew. But Michelle's parents are raising her.
0: So, guys, sexual assault and uh, domestic violence is never okay. Uh, There is help out there if you need it. Uh, You can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-4673.
1: Or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233. It's available in more than 200 languages.
0: All calls are free and confidential. Well, that's another episode, guys. Uh, Sorry it was a little late, but life happens.
1: Thanks for sticking around for these four episodes. We're still finding ourselves and learning what works for both of us. If you like what you hear, make sure that you rate and subscribe us on any podcatcher that you guys use.
0: Check us out across all social media at That Dead Body Show.
1: Bye, guys.
0: Bye. me